Hello and welcome to episode 145 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always, and uh, with me once again, Ricardo Benavides. Ricardo, thank you for being down here, man. Yeah, sure. Jeremy, it's good to see you today on this lovely foggy day. It's fog or smoke? I'm not sure. Oh which, no, it's man. smoke. Can it's barely, smoke. That's yeah, right. can I'm trying to. Be, I'm trying to half half full kind of guy I today. Can barely breathe out here. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. If you can uh, like, rate, review, share all that good stuff, uh, listen, of course, uh, we would really appreciate it. Um, you know, live to walk again podcast is available on any of the major podcast platforms uh we need to get on youtube we really need to get our youtube game up here and start recording this on video yeah people need to see our beautiful faces i think so well Um, your beautiful face wow yeah i know that that goes without saying really yeah um but anyway yeah thanks thanks for being committed to this podcast ricardo i appreciate that and that's not necessarily a shot at uh the third co-host oh brandon that i used to say was co-host of the year um you know he's he he's got other stuff going on he's got a family he's got he's got to make a living he's got to feed those little he's only got one kidney i mean yeah we we, we can only be so hard on the guy yeah so uh yeah so brandon we will see you hopefully next week uh, if it fits into your schedule uh, but otherwise, um, Ricardo, I'm so excited for our guests this week on the podcast. Uh, I had a chance to interview. He's been doing the rounds this week. Uh, Kanye West is our. Oh, no. nice. Perfect. <laughs> uh, we're going to hear. Yeah, we're going to hear about his uh, the way he's going to heal spinal cord injuries uh, once he becomes president in 2024. Um, no, just kidding. Anyway, well, that's that explains all the street signs out front. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He was here. He yeah. was just here. Um, no, anyway, seriously, we uh, we actually don't have a guest this week, but we have a great guest coming up next week that I'm really excited about. Uh, you'll have to wait and find out about that one. But um, there were a few interest or a couple interesting articles that I have found over the last uh, month or so that I wanted to get to anyway. So I'm kind of glad we didn't have a guest this week Um, because yeah, there's some, there's some really interesting stuff going on. Uh, And I know you've read the articles. Some some really smart people taking care of business. Geniuses, geniuses even. Yeah. Uh, yeah, So the, the first article that that we found here um, and it's based out of, I guess the university of Wisconsin, Madison, it says researchers at the university of Wisconsin, Madison, are working on a study to turn stem cells into a wide range of specific types of spinal cord neurons and cells in the hindbrain, which I didn't even know what the hindbrain was prior to. Oh, right, yeah. Like, yeah. I never even had heard that, which is kind of surprising. So I looked it up, and I went ahead and just got the uh, the Webster's Dictionary definition of hindbrain, also called the rhombencephalon. Uh, it is the region of the developing vertebrae brain that is composed of the medulla oblongata, the pons, and the cerebellum. The hind, bra- the hind brain coordinates functions that are fundamental to survival, 
including respiratory rhythm, motor activity, sleep, and wakefulness. So yeah, I, I used to call that spiral... the I used to call that the reptilian brain. Okay, <laughs> because those were the functions, the minimal functions that right. you needed to stay alive. So yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So and having a spinal cord injury, I probably should have known what the hindbrain was because it seems like that's a pretty uh, important factor in, in that's a lot of the this beauty stuff. of this podcast. <laughs> we learn something new every week. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So um, in this, so in this study um, that was done through the University of Wisconsin Madison uh, and published in the Science Advances uh, Journal, um, the scientists from uh, UW Madison uh, Stem Cell and Regenerative Medicine Center describe a new way of differentiating human pluripotent stem cells into nearly the full spectrum of neuronal cell types that arise during early hindbrain and spinal cord development. Uh, This is important because neuronal cells have so many different specialized jobs within the body. The study also uses new bioinformatic analysis to capture previously unknown information about the development of these cells in humans. So essentially they're mapping out the gene expression changes that mark differences between neuronal cell types, uh, uh, sorry, neuronal cell subtypes along the hindbrain and spinal cord. So there are different type types of these neuronal cells are in each phase of the spinal cord and, and the hindbrain. And they think they can essentially turn these stem cells, stem cells into whichever kind of cell they need to to inject into your you know if you have a spinal cord injury but also to you know for uh developmental uh disabilities disabilities too so yeah um and and if they're able to you know kind of catch that in in while you're the baby's still in like the mother's womb or something especially with like maybe like ms things like that um, it, it might, and they may even be difference. able to use it for cerebral palsy after birth. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's yeah. that's huge if if they can figure this whole thing out. Um, yeah. So with access, so the the article kind of went on says with access to subtypes of neuronal cells and information about how they develop and and interact in different regions of the spinal cord, researchers will soon be able to manipulate specific cell types for any damaged region region of the spine for transplantation and effective post-injury regeneration yeah and so that whole regeneration thing is the thing that really triggered me mm-hmm. jeremy because you know my uncle had parkinson's disease right right and i was wondering you know i wonder if it has applications for that right? i bet it would yeah. you know because you know that's the breakdown of your nerves and muscle cells <clears throat> so uh, it would be nice to know if that uh, that like all these things that we d- are discovering on your podcast, all the great articles you come across, is that um, they have multiple use cases, you know? Right. Yeah, and, and a lot of these yeah. things can be. And I've I've felt like these two articles we're going to discuss today could really be used in conjunction with one another too. So, oh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think like we yeah like we always talk about like it's going to be. It's not going to be just one thing that that kind of solves this. I don't think it's going to be kind of a combination of a few different um, technologies. Or it's going to be thirty-one flavors, is what it's yeah, going to be. Go. <laughs> there you go. Um, 
So by the fact that they um, will be able to access any of the subtype of neuronal cells, uh, biomedical engineering professor and one of the leads on this study, Randolph Ashton, says this is important because the cell types in different areas of the brain and spinal cord uh, vary by region and are, are very specific to those regions. Uh, in order to get the best therapeutic results, you need to actually make cells from that region of uh, of injury. So he says, now we can say if you need neuronal cells for your C3 through C5 vertebrae, we know how to generate those, and we have developed a scalable protocol for doing that. So, I mean, that spoke to me because I'm a C, C4, C5 quadriplegic so if you you know like he's he's talking to me right there like you can right make the cells specifically for my injury level whoever's injury level and put them straight into the you know into the injury site and they think that they are you know by kind of m making the the perfect cell for that area you're going to be able to heal things quickly and and like talking about how it's scalable too. That's yeah. great. I mean, this is something they could have ready to go. They could whip it up real quick in, you know, in the lab as soon as like a, a spinal cord injury uh, comes into the, the emergency room. Well, the one thing I didn't see was they, I didn't see in the article where they talked about people like in your case, you know, had long-term spinal cord injuries, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I always imagine when I see that, I always wonder if they can re-injure you but what is the risk of re-injuring somebody to apply a therapy to it that may not work, right? And then you lose everything that you had already gained. Right. You know? I mean, I think it would be probably more them using some kind of like micro-surgical tool to um, break up the scar tissue. And then once then you get that scar tissue out of Take everything out of the Vitamix. Put it in a needle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. yeah, it might be. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's incredible that. Um, well, you, to even be able to map that out. I mean, that's something they've never been able to do. Well, that's that's why I'm so um, <clears throat> so always enthusiastic about stem cell research, whether it's to repair cartilage in your knee or your shoulder, right? Like you, you hear all the time that people are doing. I've met some people that have had that done. It's expensive, right? Insurance usually doesn't cover it. But why isn't that something that our medical system, you know, if you put down the numbers, right? What does it cost to repair a surgery for a shoulder for somebody who then has less function? as opposed to repairing it with uh, stem cells where they regain almost, you know, or 90%, 95% of their function with no pain. What is the cost benefit analysis to the insurance company where somebody would be on pain pills for the rest of their lives yeah. versus, you know, and additional possible surgeries or adaptive devices to help them move or lift or do whatever they got to do, especially like with your knees. Why wouldn't they just embrace this, the yeah. medical industry, to move forward with this instead of having researchers in labs do this all the time and not be able to, you know, benefit the large community of people as we all are aging like me. Right. That's what I when I read these articles, I look at it from an aging perspective, you know. Right. So. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, the the cost alone to yeah, that of any like any medical 
equipment, any, uh, you know, we talked about this um, last week with uh, Allie and about just that, like durable medical equipment, yeah. like how much these things cost and how insurances automatically deny them anyway. And it's like, how much, you know, how much money could you save people and insurance companies yeah. and everything across the board uh, with, with one of these new, you know, new yeah. discoveries really taking hold and, and helping people. So, and, and like the, the fact that this one could really help with, yeah, uh, cerebral palsy and MS and all these different things that, um, you, you know, like just neurological disorders that they could see ahead of time or, yeah. or right away and, and just treat immediately uh, could be, I mean, this could be a real game changer. So, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about this one. Uh, this other one, this other study, Ricardo, I was oh. like, I had to read this I called article. this, I read it twice because I called it like the Trojan horse. Right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's yeah, true. I yeah, had to read yeah, it. Like, yeah, I yeah. read it a couple of times just to yeah, try to get yeah. get my uh, wrap my brain around it. And I'm going to reach out because we've uh, we've had a doctor on before from yes. Texas A&M. Yeah. I'm blanking yeah. on his name right now. But uh, I'm going to reach out and see if I can get one of these doctors that, that are working on this particular study out of Texas A&M on the show as well. Uh, so, yeah, new, te- uh, new study out of Texas A&M working. Uh, with a multidisciplinary research team uh, made up of Texas A&M AgriLife researchers and uh, Texas A&M University School of Medicine researchers, uh, has found a way to deliver a protein quickly, effectively, and and briefly to the brain with therapeutic and scientific implications. Uh, potential uses of the method in the future could include repairing spinal cord injuries and a range of other localized injection applications. Uh, Professor John Philippe Peloy, uh, who is one of the main researchers for Texas A&M AgriLife, says, we found that we could successfully deliver a protein into mouse brains. Uh, proteins are large molecules that don't easily enter cells or cross cell membranes, but we've created a trick to achieve this. We wanted to make sure we had regents that are very gentle on the cell. They can enter cells without disrupting them and then leave without a trace. Uh, Cells are picky about what type of proteins they will let in. The article says the team used a method to counteract this that they compared to mixing vegetables into macaroni and cheese to get a picky child to yeah. eat their vegetables, which, you know, that's, that's pretty funny, man. But yeah. uh, it's, it's true. Like stuff like that works. So, um, yeah. Uh, so the doctor said uh, cells have the equivalent of the digestive tract called the endocytic pathway. Uh, we are managing to cause a cell to ingest proteins and our, deli- and our delivery tool. The delivery tool, once internalized in the endocytic pathway, then allows the proteins to enter the rest of the cell, particularly the nucleus, where we can trigger a response. So it's, it's almost like crossing the blood-brain barrier type situation, but it's like specifically yeah. cell-related. Um, and, you know, you, you can't... You can't just inject whatever you want into certain cells because they just won't take it like a, like or a they child die. or they die. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, yeah, and it, basically they uh, they took this HIV uh, 
virus um, amino acid or a peptide that cells uh, that they like to ingest. It's a, they found this, this particular peptide that cells are willing to ingest through uh, HIV research. Uh, and the Texas A&M team further improved that peptide's knack for entering cells. Uh, once inside the cell, the peptide escapes the cell's, you know, quote, digestive tract, and the target protein comes along with it. Uh, the lab put a fluorescent dye into the protein peptide solution so they could see which cells the protein was able to penetrate in mice. And it seemed to work pretty well, according to their research. Um, it's, you know, it's interesting. So they're, they're using this HIV peptide that, that they know a lot of, like, is pretty, yeah. across the board, is pretty uh, open to, you know, for cells to receive. And they're just mixing their specific uh, concoction of this protein in with it and putting it into the cells for uh, the, these mice. And they had, you know, they were able to definitely see, see it in action. So. Right. And so, again, you know, not taking it off track too much, but I was thinking like stroke victims, right? Mm -hmm. Recovering dead uh, brain cells, right? Maybe, possibly, who knows? You know, and the other thing was um, Alzheimer's, right? For anything that is helping, you know, where the brain starts to deteriorate, will this help yeah. generate new cells, right? Yeah, that, you know, that's so, interesting. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, it does say in, in the article that this could help spinal cord injuries, um, damage to like knees and shoulders and joints, yeah. you know, because I yeah. think how many people have to have like hip replacements and knee replacements now just at, as part of aging, not even like, you know, sports injuries or things like that. They just like your knees start going out and you got to get a new knee. Oh yeah. You know, and, yeah. and if this could help, uh, rebuild cartilage and, and things like that. And they, they mentioned in the, in the article as well, even cancer treatments, um, you know, with, yeah. with, with pinpointed, uh, you know, maybe like some toxic drugs, you know, like you hear about chemotherapy and how terrible that is for you. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, it's killing everything in your body, not just the, the cancer, the cancer. So it's doing a lot of damage at the same time. But if they could pinpoint this with this, uh, with this, this protein mixture with, with your, you know, they could uh, replace the protein mixture with the drug, you know, and the hungry cancer would, it. would eat it. Yeah. And, and the hungry cancer. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yes, yeah, so they could get, you know, they could also do, yeah, some, some, great cancer treatments it, it, interesting it really yeah. really really interesting mm -hmm. and yeah i mean it, it's exciting and then you know you like like i said if you combine it with the uh university of wisconsin madison study you can take those specific neuronal cells and you know mix them with this peptide inject it straight into the thing it's going to accept it take it in and and hopefully repair the cell oh yeah 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 you know what i mean so mm -hmm. those are a couple of uh and build new cells build new connections yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. yeah build build the connections yeah. back yeah and yeah, once the, again and again like with the as far as uh you know long-term spinal cord injuries like you know who knows what this could do yeah well you know what was really interesting to me was to take something that is so um 
you know, they're studying, they look at HIV and they go, well, how does HIV cross these barriers, right? right. What is it that allows HIV to become so lethal, right? How does it spread across all these cells? And they take that and they turn it into something good, you know? They figure that out and they go, well, you know what? We could put in something good versus this bad virus, right? So right. basically it's a, I, I saw it as a man-made uh, virus kind of, right? Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah like the, the applications for both of these two studies seem to be pretty, yeah. pretty wide ranging, which is great because, yeah, I mean, and that, that's what they say a lot with, you know, with stem cell research in general, it's like, you know, could, could it help with Parkinson's? Could it help with ALS? Could it help with all of these different things that, that are neurological disorders, just like a spinal cord injury. And, you know, like that, that's the ultimate goal, right? Is to have like do away with all this stuff. Now, I mean, not even just spinal cord injuries, like, which we obviously is our end goal, but if we can get, take out a few others with it like yeah. why why the hell not you know yeah exactly yeah those those are great articles and hopefully um yeah i do remember i think that was one of our first podcasts that we did together was the researcher down at a&m that's uh, right doctor um man oh, God, i wish i could remember his name. his name but it's not jacob koffler it's uh i'll figure it out we'll put it in the notes but i'll, I'll reach out to him and, yeah. and uh and see if we might be able to get somebody on the show to talk about this uh this protein study because i and that's the other thing so speaking of the protein thing so i've been dealing with like uh some skin breakdown like on the back of my leg and with pressure sores things like that um like this thing just was not going away it would like get better and then it would get worse and i was spending a lot of time in bed um you know trying to stay off keep pressure off of it and my nurse called my doctor and they basically prescribe these like little I don't even know how to it'd be like a little um looks almost like a little piece of gauze oh but it's made up of protein skin protein I don't even I'm not even sure what kind of protein I need to do more research on it but uh, I'm just thinking of this now like I just popped in my head but they basically you you get it just like lightly wet like a few drops of water on it stick it on to like the affected area and then uh, we put a piece of gauze over the top of it and kind of tape it down. And my leg is like a million times better today than it was a week ago, you know? So it's this pro like basically protein is helping to, to feed that, you know, like to feed the growth or the, the regrowth of skin, I guess, on that area. So, and it was, it was almost like a little, like not a hole, but it was, you know, definitely, uh, a little bit deeper than it is now and and it's you can see it's like filled back in and um it's weird because like the um when you take you know when i change they they have me change the dressing every two days and the piece of the protein like you take the gauze off and the piece of protein is almost disintegrated like i don't know if it's absorbing into my skin or just kind of dissipating with like between the moisture and the sweat or whatever but it's been yeah i mean it, it's pretty crazy man protein uh, does some po- super positive things for our bodies yeah and so it's the mixing with your probably white blood cells yeah and your proteins in your body to help to regenerate the skin and and at a faster rate than you normally would right exactly exactly 
So I'm excited about that. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up on this podcast episode, uh, 145, is that our guys, Adam and Taylor, are going to be uh, playing in the, I guess, the last regular season tournament of the year for the Dallas Cowboys of the uh, National Wheelchair Football League uh, down, I think, in Salt Lake City this weekend. So um, I'm hoping to, uh, yeah, I will definitely have a, a link or a, at least the channel, YouTube channel or website that you can can watch those games on. The games are crazy. Like I was, I enjoyed the hell out of them. Um, they definitely need like a, a commentator to tell you who's who, who's who on the, the field. But um, and you know, like who who has the ball. I guess you can tell who has the ball, but like what down it is, things like that. But I mean, this is like early, early. Uh, well, it's it's a lot faster paced than it. I thought it was, and it's a lot more brutal than I thought yeah. it was. <laughs> it's wild, man! It is yeah. really it's fun yeah. to watch, and yeah, I, I definitely hope anybody listening will uh, take a minute to check it out. Um, you know, through the through the link we have in the description here, and you know, yeah, support the guys. Only time you'll ever catch me rooting for the Dallas Cowboys will be. Uh, when my boys are playing for the uh, for the Cowboys of the NWSL or NWFL, and uh, yeah, so hopefully you know they do well. I know they've they've had a had pretty good success in their first two tournaments, and you know hopefully I think they were saying that basically they'll there will be a, a another tournament, maybe like an invitation only tournament at the Super Bowl. So uh, hopefully they get to they qualify for that and get get invited out there, and then. Uh, you know, we can maybe see him on a on a bigger stage there at the Super Bowl, which would be amazing. That but, would be uh, great. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so it was Dr. Dylan McCready that we uh, spoke with from the Texas A&M uh, University research team there. So, yeah, I'll definitely try and reach out to him, see if we can't get uh, a couple of the couple of the doctors on maybe um to talk about this this study yeah and um, um for those that haven't heard that episode it's episode 115 go check it out yeah check it out check it out all right yeah this is this is a little bit of a shorter episode for us um you know like rate review share all that good stuff listen uh we appreciate you all supporting us and and staying on this journey with us to try and find a cure for spinal cord injuries so yeah and stay healthy be kind and we'll see you next week right sure yes sir all right until next time guys thank you